Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Carl Story here for Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com. You know how it is. Fightful is the one place. You need to go to for all your MMA, all your boxing, all your pro wrestling news, events, results, live coverage, exclusive, you name it. We got you all covered from New Japan Pro Wrestling to WWE to Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, which I did a podcast with Sean Rossap, managing editor of Fightful.com. MMA, we got you covered with UFC 229 and a lot, and everything in between boxing. Got you all covered with World Boxing Super Series, HBO, which we'll discuss in a bit, Showtime, Fox, BBC. We got you. We got everything here at Fightful.com. So come on down. Check out Fightful.com. I am Carlos Toro, lead boxing reporter for Fightful.com. And we are sort of doing a revival of the old Fightful Boxing podcast. And I'm not referring to the one Sean Ross Sapp and I did a couple of weeks back for the Canelo versus Triple G rematch, which I thought was a phenomenal rematch. Uh, you guys can check it out on Fightful YouTube and Fightful.com for that podcast for my thoughts and Sean's thoughts on not just the fight, but the entire pay-per-view, which I thought was fantastic, except for the 90-minute wait between the co-main event and the main event. But uh, we, but for, for those that are not in the know... And for those that may remember from quite some time ago, uh, I did a podcast here on Fightful with fellow boxing reporter Stephen Muehlhausen. We did it for about a year. Had a lot of fun talking uh, boxing with Stephen, with you guys. And, uh, you know, we we kind of stopped doing it. Uh, Stephen eventually had his own thing. He's doing stuff at SportingNews.com, and, and I'm really happy for him. Uh, but, yeah, we, uh, we were sort of doing this relaunch of the fightful boxing podcast which i will be doing solo for now but uh right now but yeah let's get down to it uh first of all the big big news in the world of boxing for the last week or so which i covered plenty 
in the Fightful Boxing Newsletter, which releases every two weeks, Thursday mornings. Uh, top story on this week's newsletter is the the death of HBO Boxing, and oh man, it is. Oof. It, 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 it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sore spot for a lot of boxing fans. HBO has been around for 45 years, over a thousand fights broadcast on that channel. Really, it was synonymous with boxing in the United States. I mean, that's where everyone got their big boxing events from Floyd Mayweather to Manny Pacquiao to Oscar De La Hoya, Manny Pacquiao, Thomas Hearns. You know, and everyone in between, and they stopped, they made the announcement last week, late last week, and, um, you know, everybody, it was a bit of a somber, un, you know, unspectacular end to HBO Boxing, and the time it was a bit off, because they just came off from a massively successful pay-per-view with Canelo versus Triple G2, and it did about... So for now, preliminary numbers are looking like about 1.1 million, which is good. A little bit down from, you know, last year's pay-per-view, but that was somewhat to be expected given the lackluster bill to this rematch. But otherwise, you know, when you hit uh, those seven figures and pay-per-view buys, you you already got a success. So now they they have canceled, or or I should say, they are not planning to do regular boxing pro- uh, broadcasts starting in 2019. And they only got one more uh, card lined up, which is October 27th at Madison Square Garden, uh, which actually just got a sudden change to the card. Another fight added to the card. Previously, it was just uh, Daniel Jacobs versus Sergei Derevyanchenko for the IBF middleweight title in the main event. And then the co-main event is Alberto Machado defending his WBA super featherweight title. But now, uh, thanks to a to the hard work and determination from Heather Hardy, her fight against Shelly Vincent, which is for a world title as well, will now be added to the HBO broadcast, which now makes it three world title fights. And first of all, I'm very happy for Heather Hardy and Shelly Vincent to get this opportunity. HBO does not do women's boxing and, you know, and they did, they did one boxing fight last May with Cecilia Brakis and Callie Hayes, but that was more sort of, you know, a change of circumstances because they were never planning on airing that fight live. But, you know, circumstances made it so that the women were able to get, get a chance to be highlighted on HBO. But now that's the October 27 card is the last one that HBO has currently right now. And this is absolutely huge for the sport of boxing. I mean, listen, when, when you have a giant in the sport, suddenly end its career end its run, it's going to make, it's going to impact the sport in significant ways. Uh, And I explained this later uh, in the newsletter, but that there are a couple of reasons why HBO has kind of gone down. Uh, The first of all is, the fact that we are living in an era where there's streaming options, uh, non-premium cable channels like ESPN and networks such as Fox, they're now getting back into boxing. And, you know, even amongst the premium cable channels, you got Showtime who is doing a marvelous job when it comes to boxing broadcasts. And they really have doubled down on PBC and 
being able to get these fantastic cards, you know, month in, month out. Uh, we just had a really, really good card last September with Danny Garcia and Sean Porter. Uh, and, and quite frankly, HBO was never ri- able to, you know, catch up or succeed. They, they, there were, you know, they never really adopted the online streaming option, which Showtime has done. ESPN has with ESPN Plus, Fox. I, I think there are multiple ways to watch Fox online, and you know, with HBO, outside of you know online TV, with there was there wasn't a whole ton of options. There really wasn't, you know, many ways to watch HBO. I mean, let's say I'm I'm on my phone. I can't just simply watch HBO on my phone like that with, with the HBO Go app. Unlike in, with Showtime or with ESPN, I do have that option. And the real issue is that, you know, we are in a world where you not only need to have a vibrant TV uh, programming a TV channel, you also got to embrace the online streaming option. And, you know, online streaming is the way of the future. It's, you know, not the definitive and the primary uh, source for viewing uh, in some cases, but it's getting there. And HBO has never really done that, and they never adapted. They've always maintained the 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 main HBO channel as their primary and really only source for boxing broadcast. Uh, another reason why HBO boxing is not doing well, just quite simply, people are not watching. They're not interested in the sport because you know boxing is not doing. Uh, bo- boxing. I'm not saying boxing is not doing that well. I think boxing is doing great, but it's going through a change right now where. If you don't have not just your top one or top two stars, but you also have an exceptional uh, lineup of fighters and the resources to challenge uh, to challenge all these other networks, you're gonna fall by the wayside. And really, HBO has kind of been relying now on primarily Golden Boy and some and other pro- smaller promotions with one or two big stars, uh, for example, let's see, with Tom Loeffler and Gennady Golovkin, really, because Top Rank left HBO in 2016, and that was a huge blow because, I mean, Top Rank's now with ESPN. They're doing great, and come on, let's face it. When you lose Vasily Lomachenko and Terrence Crawford, among many other names, you're going to get set back quite a lot and hbo is just frankly not being all that focused on the boxing anymore because let's face it the return on investment is not nowhere near what hbo wanted it to compared to some of their original programming the other shows like for example game of thrones the the best example the budget needed for game of thrones not just per season per episode is absolutely humongous, and they're going to have to take money from other programming, and boxing was the one that got hit the most, or at least one of the ones that got hit the most, and there wasn't enough money to make these extravagant events, uh, and, and viewerships really suffered. Um, I, I know the uh, New York Times sort of broke the story on HBO's uh, end 
with boxing, uh, and the, they said, well, according to they, they claimed that they got their numbers from Nielsen, which said they the broadcast uh, was average around eight hundred twenty thousand viewers, which it's actually not based on what I, my findings. It's actually lower than and it hasn't been eight hundred twenty thousand uh, average viewership per year since twenty sixteen, which did about uh, eight hundred fifty six thousand by my estimates. Um, they're right now they're barely getting to seven hundred thousand viewers per show, and quite frankly, when you're looking at this at the numbers and you're looking at Showtime and it's rising, and ESPN and they're beating HBO in terms of ratings, and Fox always does you know at least a million viewers, no matter what kind of card you have, whether it be a bad card or a good card, it's still going to do about a million, at least a little bit more, uh, simply because of the region, because of the focus on H- uh, on boxing, which HBO is not doing anymore. And quite frankly, it's kind of sad because I think for, for, uh, for all boxing fans, HBO was the network that you grew up with. I grew up with HBO. Uh, I remember Saturdays, my, you know, my dad and I, my, my whole family really would just sit, sit around the living room watching HBO boxing. It doesn't matter who is in, whether it be a Miguel Cotto or a Terrence Crawford or, or Canel or Triple G or whoever it be, we're going to watch it because HBO, you know, when you think boxing, in the U.S., you kind of think HBO and the prestige and and the history it has with the sport, and you're no longer kind of have it. And there's a couple other reasons why, I'm, you know, which you can read later on. You know, guys like Floyd Mayweather leaving HBO for Showtime, uh, you know, Jim Lampley, which may not have been a direct reason why people start, uh, you know, stop watching HBO boxing, but he was an integral part of that. Uh, broadcast team with Jim Blampley and you know and it kind of deval I don't want to say devalued but it kind of made the events a little less special if that makes any sense because Jim Blampley he was such a significant uh figure with the network and boxing and it was such a polarizing name amongst boxing fans you either hate it or you love him but regardless you you watch him you listen to him and quite frankly you don't get that same feeling when you think of Max Kellerman who you know who I think he does a good job uh as a color commentator and as a ringside uh interviewer you know for for the most part and then Roy Jones too who you know I may have my my own gripes with him but I think he still does a pretty good job uh for the large part um so I guess now though it's essentially a three-man race between Golden Boy and uh, not to Golden Boy. Golden Boy is kind of the distant fourth, but between Matchroom Boxing, uh, Top Rank, and PBC. And mainly, it's not just going to be a question of who can provide the better boxing product, but who's going to be the one to snatch up all these, you know, I guess, quote-unquote, free agents because Gennady Golovkin is a free agent. Canelo Alvarez is a free agent. Uh Lots of guys who competed on those Superfly cards HBO has been doing for the last year or so. They're sort of, in a way, television free agents. Sergey Kovalev, free free agent, although his fight, his, his rematch against Elider Alvarez uh, next February, I think, is going to be on ESPN. So really, it's kind of become a fire sale. You know, it's 
it's kind of become like those NBA summers where LeBron James and all these other free agents uh, and all these other big name players became free agents. And it just became a massive, you know, momentum shift in the league. And we're kind of seeing the same thing with all these other big names uh, potentially going elsewhere. I mean, who to say? I mean, imagine a world where Canelo signs, I guess, a co-promotional deal with PBC, although he's well, he will always remain with Golden Boy, but who to say he doesn't end up with Showtime and as a part be a part of the PBC team and who knows, maybe even go to Fox. Same reason for getting the same way for Gennady Golovkin. It's 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 becoming it's going to be a really interesting time. It's a bit of a sad time in boxing because we hate seeing HBO go because they've been such a big part of our lives. But you know, it was kind of a slow death coming. You know, we we started to notice HBO is not doing that well for the past few years, and and it is maybe a sad time on that res, uh, on that regard. But on the other side. Man, did we are going to be in for a really fun next month, next year or two. Because with the zone uh, kicking things off uh, with the ma- October 6th matchroom boxing card in Chicago, uh, with you know PBC signing long term deals with Fox and Showtime, and same with Top Rank with ESPN, gonna be a really, really fun time in boxing and I'm personally looking forward to it. Uh, it's a little, I don't know when we will see some of these big names move up, but you know, if anything, the WBC convention has certainly, you know, helped facilitate possibilities for where some of these free agents might go, mainly with Gennady Golovkin because the WBC convention uh, moving on to that, uh, is going on and in the middle of it, and what what people don't know, but the WBC convention, this annual event where right now this year they're in Ukraine and all the sports biggest names, whether it be from retired champions to governing uh, to the executives of the governing body, to promoters, to fighters, to champions, they all kind of meet together. And part of that convention is that the WBC looks at every champion and they kind of give a idea and give suggestion, or at least in this case, give orders, but you know, those don't always follow through on what every champion should go next. And the big takeaway from, from the WBC convention is the fact that the WBC has ordered Gennady Golovkin to fight Jermall Charlo, who is the interim WBC champion. Now, of course, this isn't, you know, Golovkin can take it or leave it. You know, there's really nothing for him. You know, he doesn't lose anything by not taking the fight, but he does gain a lot by taking the fight because Gennady Golovkin has made it has made it clear he wants to third fight with Canelo Alvarez. He feels like he should have been the victor in the first and the second fight. And, you know, to a lot of people, they agree with him. So while Tom Loeffler, uh, who is Golovkin's promoter, did not say, uh, did not convince the WBC hard enough to give Golovkin a, an immediate rematch, a third fight against Canelo, they did grant Loeffler the opportunity for Golovkin to face interim champion Jamal Charlo. Now, if those two were to meet, the winner of that fight, uh, whenever 
that fight takes place if it does take place now becomes the WBC mandatory challenger to Golov- to Canelo's title and that pretty much sets the stage for a third fight and I personally didn't think that uh Canelo would be interested not for monet not for monetary reasons because they made a boatload of money you have one unheard message hi i was calling current the influencer marketing platform but i think i just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast well anyways i was calling current because i was told they could help get my brand set up on tiktok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. And even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done with those two fights, but quite frankly, you know, Canelo, I just don't sense Canelo is going to accept a third fight right away, especially from Golden Boy Promotions. I think they will let that simmer for a little bit, but, you know, with this order, it this doesn't guarantee Golovkin is going to fight Charlo, but it does present a clear and present path to a third fight with Canelo Alvarez. Now, again, it's also possible that Canelo Alvarez is saying, you know what, Golovkin, I want to fight you right now, immediately. And even if it comes at the expense of vacating the WBC title, let's just fight for the WBA title, uh, Cinco de Mayo 2019. Who to say that that isn't going to happen? Now, of course, with Canelo Alvarez, he will likely fight on December 15th at Madison Square Garden, Probably against David Lemieux, although Canelo Alvarez has yet to kind of sit down with Golden Boy Promotions to discuss that. But the expectations is that uh, that Canelo uh, is going to fight on December 15th, which Golden Boy already has reserved uh, for his first title defense against mandatory challenger David Lemieux, who won a WBA final eliminator on September 15th. So that's really the big takeaway from the WBC title. I think it's... I think it's a great uh, suggestion because one, we're getting Golovkin. We could get Golovkin facing off against Jamal Charles, which I think it's going to be a phenomenal fight if it does happen. Might be, it could really potentially be the best, the most exciting fight out there for Golovkin outside of Canelo Alvarez. Now you can make a case for guys like Ryota Murata or Demetrius Andrade or Billy Joe Saunders or a rematch against Daniel Jacobs. Would that's also that also could happen? Which is, um. Uh, which some people thought De- Jacobs actually won. I actually, I remember when I scored that fight, I had it six rounds apiece for both fighters, but because of the knockdown, Golovkin scored. Golovkin kind of won, edged down to my cards, 114-113. So some of the other things uh, that were issued or at least announced at the WBC convention w- uh, was that, uh, you know, super bantamweight champion Ray Vargas, he's been out of action for a little while for left-hand injury. 
Uh, he doesn't have a fight lined up for him yet because we don't know the time bill for his return. But they are creating an interim championship, and they ordered uh, the top two fighters on the WBC rankings at 130, uh, 126 pounds. 22, my bad, 122. Uh, Abigail Medina versus Tomoki Kameda, which I think is going to be a, a solid fight. Uh, I think I've, I think I would say Tomoki Kameda might have the edge in that one. Uh, let's see. There's also uh, multiple title eliminators being named uh, for the WBC Super Featherweight title. Uh, you got Eduardo Hernandez and Francisco Vargas. They're going to be. They ordered those two to fight in a title eliminator uh, junior middleweight division, where Jermel Charlo, Jermel Charlo's twin brother, uh, is the champion. Uh, eliminator for that one is Julian Williams versus Eddie Landilara, which pretty good, really solid fight at 154 pounds. Uh, lightweight Mikey Garcia, uh, he's kind of staying put over there at um, at 135 pounds. We kind of thought that he was going to move up to fight Errol Spence, but right now it's looking like he's actually going to remain at 135 pounds and fight uh, Richard Comey, who is the IBF mandatory challenger. But waiting in the wings for Mikey Garcia is Luke Campbell, who won a WBC title eliminator on the Anthony Joshua, Alexander Povetkin uh, undercard uh, on September 22nd. So, but aside from that, WBC also ordered a title eliminator between Javier Fortuna and Zaur Abdul uh, and uh, Abdulayev, and I apologize if I mispronounced the name, um, who are both ranked and the top five by the WBC. So essentially, Mikey Garcia could have as many as two title, uh, two mandatory challengers uh, by the time Garcia and Comey have their fight, if it does happen. Uh, one thing that's, uh, another thing that was also interesting is the fact that Germ- um, the WBC super middleweight champion, David Benavides, who tested positive for cocaine, uh, back uh, on a test back in May, August, it was announced in mid-September. They uh, they announced that Benavides is no longer the champion. He's now what's being considered a champion in recess, meaning that he's not the champion. But you know, when a certain time arrives, he's going to get the chance to fight for the title once again. And the title is essentially vacant. So now they got so WBC ordered Anthony Durrell, who was going to be next in line to fight David Benavides. Will now fight uh Darrell will now fight Avni Yildirim, who fought on the first round of the World Boxing Super Series quarterfinals and he lost to Chris Eubank Jr. Interesting thing interestingly, they actually there was actually a bit of a controversy. So Chris Eubanks, uh not uh, details are kind of scarce, but apparently he, I guess, rejected or did something that infuriated uh, WBC president Mauricio Suleiman, which I guess the WBC actually ranked Eubank below Yildirim, despite the fact that Eubank beat Yildirim last year. So that is kind of a bit of a controversy because Eubanks was supposed to be the next man in line, but since the little controversy where details are not exactly to clear uh now it's uh avni yildirim fighting anthony Durrell for the title or at least that's the fight that is ordered and uh speaking of the world boxing super series man first fight uh, first season done finally uh super uh the super middleweight finals which took place in Jeddah, saudi arabia 
Uh, Calum Smith beat George Groves, seventh round knockout. That was really good fight, a really damn good fight. And Calum Smith, I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, I wouldn't say are were too high on him, but there was still certain question marks. He was, he was this British contender who was really good. He's massive for 168 pounds. Almost looks like a light heavyweight. Hell, yeah, I mean, I think he would make 175 easily, but. You know, he comes in, number two seed, hasn't really faced anyone of note yet, then comes in, and he just absolutely demolishes and overpowers George Groves, who, you know, was the number one seed and just and was coming off a bit of a Cinderella run in the World Boxing Super Series, you know, after winning the WBA title last year, which was kind of a bit of a feel-good moment uh, for British boxing last year. Uh, seventh round knockout, Cam Smith, that right hand. My God, that is absolutely terrifying. Uh, he's, you know, you can make a case. He makes, he's top of the charts at 168 pounds. Some may say David Benavides is the top dog, despite, despite being how young he is. Uh, Jose Uzcategui, James DeGale, uh, Gilberto Zuldo Ramirez. All those guys, they they make compelling cases for being the top 168 uh, fighter. But first season, uh, we got the likes of Alexander Usyk becoming the undisputed cruiserweight champion. Great, g- great tournament run right there. I there's no doubt in my mind Usyk's the best cruiserweight out there. And now you got Callum Smith winning the second uh, the second tournament of the first season. And hell, where we are just about to start this first season, the first tournament uh the first fight card of the second season of the world boxing super series we got uh over there in yokohama japan on october 7th we got the likes of naoya inue fighting against juan carlos payano and then we got cairo relic versus eduard Trojanovsky and a bantamweight tournament fight and a junior welterweight tournament fight respectively uh that's gonna be on the zone that the streaming service that just recently launched a couple of weeks back uh, here uh, in the U.S., uh, it is going to start at 7 a.m. Eastern. For those of you that are curious about and want to check it out, there, there is a month-long free trial. So this is good, about as good as time as you can get a free trial for the zone because you got the matchroom boxing cards on October 6th and on the 20th in Chicago and Boston. The World Boxing Super Series, which is going to have a card every weekend for the next six weeks and those are always really really good cards uh the second tournament uh i think they've done good so far with getting a solid bantamweight tournament a phenomenal junior welterweight tournament and you kind of got more or less you know several of the top fighters uh in the cruiserweight division for a second tournament I'm not sure how well this tournament's going to do compared to the first one. I expect that it's going to do better because there's going to be more eyeballs to it, uh, especially in the U.S. Now that we finally have, you know, a place to watch all of these fights, you know, without any trouble. Uh, because one one definite issue with the World Boxing Series last year was not just that there was trouble finding a place in the U.S. to watch it, but the streaming quality for the most part was really, really bad. At times, I remember those initial WBSS fight cards. My God, they were just the absolute worst in terms of quality. I mean, people can play left and right, but I'm glad it's on the zone. And based on what we've seen, limited 
uh, fight cards on December between Bellator MMA and boxing, the, the streaming service is just, mm, just absolutely pristine. You know, it's, uh, I don't think if there, uh, you know, if you find problems with your streaming service in the zone, I think that's more of a you problem because I've read nothing and have experienced nothing but great things about the zone. Uh, and, and I'm not just shilling it, but I think it's phenomenal that we, that the zone is giving a platform for more global boxing events and British boxing. I think that's one thing that, uh, Showtime has kind of exposed to a start at first and kind of created an op- a market in the U.S. is those British boxing cards. Matchroom boxing cards, they're usually good or they usually have a, a phenomenal main event or the card that looks really good on paper. We already got that with the Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Povetkin card on September 22nd at Wembley. That Wembley show was really, really good. And the zone has really done a great job so far. Now, I don't know if whether or not the zone is going to do that well in this market where they're competing with PBC, with Fox, with Showtime, top rank and ESPN. Because the problem is Matchroom Boxing still doesn't have kind of that, that big American name. They got Anthony Joshua, but that's not really why people are kind of coming in. He's he's the British star, but the whole point for Matchroom Boxing USA not, was to expand into the American territories and get a guy like Deontay Wilder, which is obvious. Eddie, Eddie Hearn failed at doing so. You got Mikey Garcia, Charlos, Daniel Jacobs, who is uh, for Matchroom Boxing. He could be coming to the to the USA stable fighting on the zone after his next fight on October 20 on HBO. But really they don't have that kind of that hook. They, they have a bunch of really good guys, B level world champions, uh, B level contenders, but not really kind of guess that guy you put in front of your TV or you put in front of your, your, your company and say, that's the guy I'm signing up for. They don't have that yet. Now they're, actively searching for uh, looking for Mikey Garcia to join them. And that's still possible down the road, but really it's kind of, we are kind of left with this open void with, for Matchroom's big star here in the U S they have a bunch of really good, uh, really good fight cards, really deep fight cards, multiple world title fights on each card that they got so far the, in the Chicago and Boston show this month. But it's, you know, for the hardcore. That's, you know, that's all fine and well, but that's not going to be enough to kind of hook the casual viewers, the non-boxing fans who might be willing to give the sport a try. So really, you know, and and, and October 20th, that's uh, the 27th, I should say, for the, um, my, my mistake, October 20th for the Boston card. Um, you know, that main event, they, they desperately are hoping that Billy Joe Saunders gets, you know, licensed by the... Massachusetts Commission because, man, they, um, for those who don't know, Billy Joe Saunders tested positive for a banned substance called oxylofrine, which Saunders' campus claiming comes from nasal spray, which is, when you look at the uh, at the test results and the levels of oxylofrine in the system, you can sort of make a case, yes, it was become from nasal spray, but it's still kind of, you know, poor game on, uh, poor play on Billy Joe Saunders' part. You know, for not being more careful when it comes to that. But the main issue is that oxalfrin is a banned substance, but for, by the British Boxing Board of Control, 
it's you know it's a non-issue because Saunders is fighting Demetrius Andrade for the WBO middleweight title in Boston, not in the UK. And they, you know, he's Saunders has not received any punishment because by the BBB of C because they don't because Axel Fring is only banned in competition. This was not during the period which it would be considered in competition. So we don't know. So we will see next week whether or not Saunders gets approved. If it doesn't, that does kind of leave the main event, uh, you know, in a tight spot. Although they, um, and I'm confirming this uh, right now, because uh, Jimmy Sandrade has tweeted about this very recently. Um. Sonder, uh, you know, on Demetrius Andrade would be competing for the vacant title. Uh, the, the WBO would be stripping him, would be stripping Saunders of the title if he is not licensed for October 20th. Uh, in which case, Andrade would fight in the mid, in the main event against the number two ranked fighter, uh, who uh, undefeated Walter Kautone uh, Dokwa, who is 17 and 0, 16 knockouts, has not really fought anyone of note. That really attracts people's attention yet, but you know we'll we'll see about how this goes. This is all just you know at this point we're only speculating because we don't know what the Massachusetts Commission is thinking. And if if the main event does stay in play, fantastic because Saunders versus Andrade is a fantastic fight, really really good fight that I think should get a lot of attention once we get closer to that date and once we know what Saunders' status is going to be. So hopefully it does end up being the case, even though Saunders cheated. You know, I guess if you want to look by the rules and the technicalities, you know, Saunders, you can make from a legality standpoint, Saunders has a case to not be uh, banned or suspended. But from a morality standpoint, you can make a strong case that, listen, it matter. Uh, that he cheated, whether intentional or not, Oxygen Fring was in his uh, system, and that is a banned substance. So you can make a strong case for either, or you know, if you're on the side of you want to see the best fights possible, Sanders Andrade is the way is the way to go, and not Andrade against a late replacement, undefeated fighter that not many people has heard of. So, well, we will see. And uh, yeah, I think we're gonna do uh, put a wrap on this. First episode of the relaunch of the Fightful Boxing Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at fight uh, Carlos Toro three sixty. That's C A R L O S T O R O three sixty on Twitter, and you can check out the Fightful Boxing newsletter, which le- on, uh, releases every uh, other Thursday. So this week, we, as I mentioned, the WBC convention, HBO boxing, some of the numbers on the viewership and what's next for some of those fighters, Belly Joe Saunders, world boxing, super series and previews for the October 6th and October 7th, the zone boxing cards. You can check all of that and more on fightful.com, fightfulboxing.com, fightfulmma.com, fightfulwrestling.com. We'll be giving you live coverage of UFC 229, Conor McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. There will be a live post show afterwards. And hopefully this is the start of something new or at least the the re, uh, the restart of something I had a lot of fun with uh, in the past. So hopefully all of you guys uh, like this um, 
like this edition. Let me know what you think in the comment section before. Like, subscribe, and you can follow all of all the latest boxing news, MMA, and pro wrestling at Fightful.com. So for Carlos Toro of Fightful.com, signing out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.